Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Those men and women who take their journey in life seriously eventually ask this question. And it's really a series of questions, but it's coming from the same place in their heart. Am I good? Like, am I a gift? Am I lovable? And if you haven't asked that question in your life, there's no shame or condemnation, but uh, I'm sure it's bubbled up at times, and you've either brushed past it or were nervous about the answer, so didn't want to sit with it for too long. But am I good? Am I a gift? Or am I fundamentally broken, bad, and compromised? What's the deepest truth of you and me? Are we good? Are we bad? Are we gifts or are we liabilities? Are we lovable or endurable? What are we? What's your spouse? What are your closest friends? What are your fellow parishioners, your priests? Who are people? Now, no doubt about it, on the level of action, we're a mixed bag. We sometimes do the right thing, sometimes do the wrong thing. But the question is, who am I? What am I? Am I good or am I bad? Am I a gift or am I broken? Am I a liability and something that people just put up with, in which case I have to hide? Or am I worthy of being seen? And if I'm seen and known, will I be loved as a gift? Pope St. John Paul II was an expert at dealing with the human heart. And he worked with so many men and women of different ages, but particularly college students, because he was a professor of philosophy. And he knew this question bubbled up so often. And what he ended up writing was, the inheritance of original sin. That's to say, the fact that we don't always want the truth, that we do sometimes what is bad, our hearts aren't always loving. That that mysterious thing that we've all been inherited is not as deep as the inheritance of God's goodness. What he means is that the deepest truth of you and me is that we are a unique and unrepeatable gift from God and we find ourselves in possessing ourselves as a gift and then giving ourselves away in love. And so the deepest truth about every human person is that God created them very good unrepeatable, even though the way they live their lives may be incredibly broken, messy, painful, and destructive to themselves and others, at the deepest truth, they are good. This is what Jesus came to do. He came first and foremost to say a yes. A yes to you and to me, to your creation and mine as unrepeatable persons. That you, by name, are known to the Father in heaven. That you are wanted. You are a gift. And yes, you and I might have made a mess of things at different times. But that doesn't define us. 
And so this is why Jesus went around. It says, the church says, Jesus came to reveal the fullest truth about who we are. And then to give us the power that he alone has to live that out. So when we have a Gaudete Sunday of Advent, what we are rejoicing in isn't a feeling, a mood, or an emotion. We can't command that. I hope you know that at this point in your life. No one can tell you just start feeling a certain way. You know that when you're sad and your friend's like, oh, you should be happy. And you can say, oh, thank you. Like Nothing changes the heart, the mood, the emotions. That's not what the church is saying. What we're saying is we're rejoicing because he who reveals that you are good entered this world at Christmas. And as we're journeying closer to that celebration, the revelation of that light is getting stronger and stronger for those who are cooperating in the Advent season. So today I was in my morning prayer, and what struck me was that for my whole priesthood and my years in the seminary, I thought of Gaudete Sunday only from the perspective of us as God's sons and daughters rejoicing that we're getting closer to the holy day of Christmas. But what's interesting today in my prayer, I saw in the first reading, Zephaniah says this, He will sing joyfully because of you. God will sing joyfully because of you. So the rejoicing is not just on our end of the relationship. In the heart of God is an immense rejoicing over you because you're an unrepeatable gift. He loves you. He knows you. And if you really love someone, they move you. Their goodness affects you. You aren't neutral, protected, or safe. You're wildly moved by them. Think about different, like, love songs. People write love songs not just vaguely in the idea of love. This artist fell in love with someone. And the beauty and goodness of that person erupts not in words alone, but in song. And here we have our God, the creator of the stars, the cause of the Big Bang, the unmoved mover, according to Aristotle, reveals himself as very much moved. He's moved by the unrepeatable you. Every hair on your head calls you by name. You only exist because he wants you to. You're alive at this time because he wants this world to have a you in it. God is like an artist and he's painting a picture, and he thought the beauty of humanity would be better with you in the painting. That's why you and I exist. We are gifts, and we don't live up to that. But our bad actions and our affection for sin doesn't define us. Jesus shows us this, and he alone has the power to free us, to live out the nobility of what we're created to. So I began to reflect on God singing over us. God rejoicing in song because of me and because of you. And I was remembered at different times I've directed retreats for people, silent retreats, three-day, five-day, eight-day retreats. Some who were going to become nuns, some who were going to become priests, and some some lay people. And usually I use this passage on day two or three, and all I will say is, 
Sometimes you'll kind of get in your memory or in your imagination a song while you're praying in silence. Instead of get, getting rid of it as a distraction, I invite the retreatant, why don't you pray with this and just see what God may be singing to you. So I want to share with you a few songs that God has sung to people because when I share with you God sings a song, you may be looking in your hymnal right away. And that's good because in a sacred setting, in a holy liturgy like the Mass, we have sacred hymns. But God made our hearts to all love different kinds of music. So there's one retreatant, this individual was, uh, fancied themselves an, an, an intellectual. They liked reading dense books, having philosophical conversations. So you can imagine the eye rolling when I said, you know, God may want to sing you a song. Okay. So they go off and they're in what St. Ignatius calls imaginative prayer. They're praying with a scripture passage, putting themselves in the scene, and really seeing what images or memories are speaking to them. And they got the sense, to their utter humiliation, that Jesus was singing a Backstreet Boys song to them. And I asked the person the next day, I said, what was that like for you? They said, I was mad at Jesus. <laughs> But they also went on to share that while it was surprising, they also realized the effect of that song in their heart. They were more lighthearted, playful, open, and their relationship with our God, Jesus, was much more sincere. All right, another one, a retreatant. That retreat on this person's life, it was a big healing retreat for them. And they're, as they're going through it, they're just learning the intimacy and tenderness of God. And they're, on their, they're at the crucifixion scene. And they're standing beneath the cross. And they're seeing not just the pain and their sin, but they're seeing the immense love pouring out from Jesus. And all of a sudden, they start hearing the song of Elvis, Only Fools Russian. And they hear Jesus singing, I can't help falling in love with you. The amount of healing this person experienced after a lifetime of being ignored, rejected, and neglected was amazing. And it didn't come through a religious song. It came through a love song. So this morning I'm telling the Lord, Lord, I think I'm going to preach about this. I've known in my past songs you've sung over me, is there any song you want to sing for me today? And um, to my great surprise, it was not a song I like, <laughs> but it was a 1987 classic by Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Jesus rickrolled me this morning in my holy hour. And if you don't know the lyrics, because I just remember the first line, I couldn't remember all of them. So I was like, I'm like, I went online, I looked up the lyrics, right? Here's the lyrics of Jesus singing. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you, never gonna make you cry, never gonna say goodbye. I'm never going to tell a lie or hurt you. Like, that was beautiful from my heart this morning. It was embarrassing at first. I'm like, oh, of all the songs. <laughs> That's like the jokes you do at, like, you know, random bars to make people listen to the song for 20 minutes. But see, our God has been singing over us for a long time. Jesus as someone who's in love with you, God is a loving father. There's these songs that are pouring out of the heart of God. And, you know, you and I don't even take the time 
So how do you know if it's God singing? Well, ask. So as you take some time and say, Lord, if a song comes to mind, Lord, is this what you're saying to me? And see, is there peace? Is there just a gentle reassurance? Look the lyrics up. When you realize God's love for you, now you're freed to actually set things right in your life. When God's love and God's song washes over you, what you taste anew is that I am a gift. I am good. I'm not perfect. I'm growing. But it's okay to not be perfect because I can still grow because the song of Jesus is alive and there's grace there and he can help me become more and more of who I'm meant to be. All of us need to know eventually that we are good, we're a gift, we're wanted. And when we discover that, what we realize is, I want to give my gift away in love. When you give yourself as a gift, you begin to look like Jesus, who gives himself away to us as a gift, both in his birth, on the cross, and in the Eucharist. And by doing it, we become more and more who we are. We become an image of God. Not just anybody's notion of God, but the God of revelation who says, I am a God of self-giving love and I love you so much that I actually sing because of you. And so in this week, I recommend in the Advent season as we're getting closer, if you, your Advent has not been, if you want to call it for a lack of better terms, religious, you got two weeks left so that Christmas isn't a day on a calendar that comes and goes, but a celebration and a participation in the eternal song of heaven for you by name. So this week, take some time, a couple minutes of silence every day. Lord, what song are you singing? He may answer immediately. He may make you wait to have the desire in your heart grow and grow so your hearts are stretched wide enough to receive the beauty of the song. But find out, what is our God singing so that you and I can enter that song?